This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This episode is sponsored by The Path, the coach-guided membership designed to help you make alcohol small and relevant in your life by removing your true desire to grab that next drink. Our science-based, compassion-led program allows you not only to shift your behavior and your relationship around alcohol, but more importantly, uncover and reprogram your subconscious conditioning and neural connections that have been keeping you stuck for years. With daily live breakthrough coaching, an intimate and supportive community, regular peer-to-peer connection calls, and a complete vault of resources, this is where your path to total freedom and effortless enjoyment of your new way of life begins. Join us at NakedMindPath.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast, and I'm here with Allison. Welcome, Allison. How are you? Great, Annie. How are you? I'm doing really good. Great. So why don't you take us back to the beginning in your relationship with alcohol? Where did it all start for you? Well, it started a long time ago. I'm in my forties now. And I had my first drink when I was a teenager and it's, it's crazy. Cause I was thinking about it this morning and I was 15 years old when I had my first drink. And that is the age of my twin boys. They're 15 right now. So when I thought of it in that aspect, I said, Whoa, you know, it kind of gave me chills. So, (laughs) um, and when I started drinking back then, you know, it was that kids were doing it, experimenting that sort of thing. So, um, I gave it a try and I was always a, um, introvert. I'm a little bit of the more shyer side, not really, you know, an outspoken type of girl. And when I had my first drink, um, it was like magic potion for me. I mean, it completely, just relaxed me, brought me out of my shell, made me more outgoing. And I said to myself, wow, this is making me cool. It's making me fit in. It's making me more social. So that was like my first taste of it and realizing that it was actually something that I felt was actually benefiting me at the time. So in high school, going through high school, I didn't, I didn't drink that much because I mean, how much could a girl drink who's underage living at home with her parents? So when I had the opportunity to go out to a party with friends, I would go and I would drink here and there, but it was nothing ever crazy. My drinking really escalated when I left home and went to college when I, um, after I graduated high school and having that freedom and being in that environment and then also joining a sorority really got me out of my shell and the drinking was consuming me every single weekend. I mean, in college, it was drinking, going to parties every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that long weekend stretch. I was always there. I was always going to fraternity parties, drinking with my sisters and, um, you know, really just getting into it. And that was my whole college career. I spent a lot of time drinking and probably should have spent more time studying, but that's just how it went. And I graduated actually with a degree in dietetics. I was very interested in nutrition. And once I left college, that same weekend binge drinking pattern continued. I would go out with girlfriends on the weekend and I would just go to bars and heavy drinking every single weekend and continued throughout my twenties. I'd go on, you know, uh, all-inclusive cruises where there were booze cruises and just hang and just drink on the entire vacation. 
thinking back on it now, I don't even know how I got through some of those, but fast forward to my um, late twenties when I met my husband, I was actually 27 when I got married and he was also a drinker. He liked to drink red wine, which was kind of funny because at the time I was not a red wine drinker. I was more of a um, mixed drink drinker, um, some beer here and there. But I remember, I'll never forget on our first date, he took me to this restaurant and he said, oh, do you want to have some red wine? Let's order red wine. And I, and I just agreed, you know, cause I just, I was like googly eyes over the sky. I just wanted to, I wanted him to like me. So I said, yes, I'll have some red wine. So I'll never forget, brought the red wine and I took a sip and I thought it was the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted. I didn't want it. I couldn't believe how much I didn't like it. But he liked it and that's what he was used to drinking. So then what happened? I was hanging out with him more and then that's what we started drinking. And you know, you acquire that taste. And I started drinking red wine with him. And then we started doing that on the weekends and it just carried through our whole relationship. We got married, still drinking heavily on the weekends. And I would drink with him and I would think to myself, many times, why is, he, why am I drinking more than he is? You know, he could always just have just a couple and be done. And I just had like no off switch. I just wanted to keep drinking and keep drinking. And that's just what we did. We just, you know, we had nine to five jobs. Uh, we, we worked and it was just a known thing that you finish on Friday and it's happy hour. You open that bottle or whatever it is, whether you're home or you're out with friends at the bar and you just drink, drink, drink because it's the weekend and that's what everybody does. Everybody just relaxes and parties and drinks all weekend. So that's what we did. Then in our early 30s, we um, went to start to have a family. And then we had some difficulties with getting pregnant and we did some fertility treatments to finally have our kids, which thank God they worked and um, had my set of twins. And then after I had them, I mean, I obviously stopped drinking when I was pregnant, but the drinking kicked back in after I was pregnant. And I have to say, looking back on that whole part, how we struggled to even have a baby makes me wonder if alcohol played a role because I was drinking so heavily while I was trying to get pregnant. And I really feel like that could have affected my chances of getting pregnant. So anyway, we had our kids drinking continued every weekend. Just, it was just our life. It was just our normal. It's just what we always understood. It was the way that we lived. So I would say um, I had my twins and then three years later, I had another son. And when I became a mom too, it was like my whole identity shifted and it got so much, it got hard. I'm going to not going to lie. It was hard. It's hard to be a mom. It was, I had a really hard time when my kids were babies. Um, there were times when I'd question, like, am I really cut out for this? This is, this is just, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be like this. And I would, I was really upset about it. I was really depressed about it. And I'd get so stressed out that I found myself drinking even more. And I had this anxiety and I would drink even more. So not only was I always been drinking on the weekends, but I found myself at times drinking during the week as well. And, and um, then it was just, again, going on and on and on. And then to my forties, early forties was when I really started to um, take a look at what was going on. Not to mention that I had major cognitive dissonance, my mm -hmm. whole drinking career. It was like, even since my twenties, I knew, cause I was always interested in the health field. I was always interested in, in nutrition. And I knew that I was drinking this 
toxic poison that was so unhealthy for me, but yet at the same time, I still wanted to drink it because I thought there was something, there was some benefit to it. I thought there was something that was, um, that I, I needed it in my life for some reason. So it was just a constant battle in my mind all the time. And then when I got into my early forties, I really started to question myself and my boys were getting older. I would say when they were around 10 years old, I remember sitting on the couch, we would do family movie night on Friday nights. And I remember sitting on the couch with them watching a movie and I had a bottle of red wine and I drank the entire bottle of red wine during the movie. And at the end of the movie, and I actually, I think I actually had one or two beers in addition to that as well. And after that, I said to myself, I was like, Allison, what the heck are you doing? You just watched a movie with your children and drank a whole bottle of wine plus one or two beers you know, I, I, what, what am I doing? What, what kind of a role model am I being for my sons? This is not normal. I don't want them growing up thinking this is a normal thing to do because I knew that alcohol was not a healthy thing to be doing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and especially not in the levels that I was doing it. So, so I started to think about it and um, that was the year that I decided, you know, I think I need to really take control of this. So it was, the day after Labor Day in 2016, I woke up the next morning and I was just like, enough is enough, I'm done. I just made that decision because I said to myself, I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired all the time. And I just spent the whole summer heavily drinking at our neighborhood pool. I felt so disgusted with myself, eating, drinking, just everything. And I just quit. And I told my husband, I said, I'm just done. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm sick of beating myself up over this, you know, cause I was constantly thinking about alcohol. That's the thing too. Constantly thinking about it. When am I going to get my next drink? What will it be? Um, you know, just, I can't wait to be able to drink. It was just consuming my thoughts and I was putting too much thought into it. So I quit. And then I decided I should probably go for some support and get some help somewhere. And I decided to try AA because that's the only avenue I knew at that time. So I went to AA, I joined AA, and I ended up going to a few different meetings in my town. And I ended up connecting with this woman who was my sponsor. Long story short, I ended, I ended up sticking with AA only for about a little over two months because I just felt like it wasn't resonating with me. And my sponsor, she was really hardcore and she was really on my back, pressuring me to go to meetings every day. And I was telling her, I'm fine. I don't need this. Listen, I have three little boys at home. I just can't manage this right now. I'm doing okay. And I just, it just wasn't for me. There was just something about it that it didn't, it didn't sit with me well. It didn't resonate with me. And I decided to leave and try my own thing. I stayed alcohol-free for about seven months on my own. And then I came to a point where, oh, I could probably have a few drinks. I could probably manage this. I've been doing so well. And I, I'm just going to, you know, I told my husband, I said, I'm going to, I think I'm going to try to moderate because then I was having those feelings too. Oh, I'm not fitting in with my friends because all of my friends were big drinkers. And I felt like I'm just not fitting in period and I'm feeling depressed about it. And maybe if I just try to just moderate a little bit, maybe I could just do it and I could feel like I'm one of the crowd again. So my husband was completely supportive. And I, and I remember I had my first glass of wine because that, because by then I, I love red wine, let's face it. <laughs> And then by then I had my, right, I had my first glass of red wine 
at a bar um, on spring break. And I remember I was, I had all this buildup about it, how excited I was about it. And I sat down and I had that first sip of that glass of red wine and I was kind of disappointed. I was kind of like, oh, that's it. Okay. But I had it and then I had some more and then I was able to moderate for a little bit. Like I'm talking maybe two weeks. And then I went right back to where I was before with the heavy binge drinking every weekend and drinking sometimes during the week. I went right to, back to where I was before and heavy drinking. And I was depressed. I was anxious. I went to a doctor and I got, I was on um, antidepressant. I was on anti-anxiety. I just was, I was a mess, but I just kept drinking. And I just said, oh, I need this in my life for some reason. Well, that continued for a year and a half. And then I just two years to the day in September of 2018, the day after Labor Day, once again, I woke up, same thing. I'm done, finished. This is for good now. And I said to myself, I'm going to figure out a way to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to start educating myself. I'm going to find the tools I need. I'm going to make this work this time. And I found this naked mind. I, I bought the book. And I read the book and I just have to say it was a life changer for me. It just opened my eyes to so many things that I didn't know about alcohol and what it does to our bodies and what it does to our minds and how it works in the brain. I was just so interested in it and just, you know, everything that I was reading about it, I resonated with, with the cognitive dissonance and just about changing my thoughts and beliefs around alcohol. And I worked on that. And that, that is the one thing I have to say, not the one thing, but the biggest thing that really helped me just shut it all off in my head and make mm -hmm. alcohol completely irrelevant to me. Um, I mean, no AA meeting could have ever done that for me because that just wasn't the way that I worked. And yes, AA helps for others, but reading that book, reading This Naked Mind really was just such an aha moment for me. And I wanted to just pursue that. I wanted to just keep that going. And I just did more research and educated myself. And I just can't believe how my life has changed since. I mean, I ended up going back to school, which I never, ever was ever planning on doing. I remember my husband asked me about, um, I don't know, years back, he said to me, you know, Allison, if you ever want to go back to school, you can, you know, thinking I'll develop some huge career or something. And I had been a stay-at-home mom for forever. And I said to my husband, I said, no way would I ever do that. And then here I am, I'm like, I think I'm going to go back to school. And my husband's like, what, what are you talking about? I'm so interested in health and wellness and getting back into that and the nutrition. And, and, and he was, I mean, I did all that myself. He couldn't believe where that came from. But what it was, was that once I cleared my mind of that alcohol and thinking about it and obsessing about it and worrying about it. I had, it just cleared all that clutter out of my head. It just opened my mind. I had so much more free space that I actually wanted to do something that I wanted to do that I never thought I would. Mm -hmm. So I ended up, I, it was amazing. I ended up graduating with two master's degrees, a master in master's in holistic nutrition and a master's degree in health and wellness. And then I went on to the functional medicine coaching Academy and became a functional medicine certified health coach. And then I went on to um, this Naked Minds program to become a this Naked Minds certified coach because I had always said it was so ironic when I saw that email in my inbox about the coaching program with this Naked Mind. 
I almost flew off my chair to be honest, because I had always said, oh my gosh, if Annie Grace ever has a program for coaches, I'm in, I'm totally in because I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to, I want to help and serve other people and, and make, help them make a difference in their life because I've lived it. I know it's possible. And I am that girl who was like, never in a million years would I ever, ever, ever give up alcohol. No way. Like even when I was having the hardest time with it, I would always say to myself, I'll figure something out. I know I can do it. I can make rules. I'll, I'll, I'll make it work out. I won't mess up again. I won't do it. And, and, and just, it's just the nature of the alcohol. It just does not let you keep those rules. And so when I, when I learned that I could be a coach and be a part of it, I was just so excited to do that. And, and that's where I went with it. And I ended up launching my own business now, serving other moms and supporting them, supporting moms who struggle. Cause like I was one of those who I struggled in silence. I didn't talk to anyone about it. I didn't talk to, I mean, I had a lot of shame around it. I was, I just didn't feel like I wanted to bring it up with anyone. I mean, I, I barely talked to my husband about it. I mean, the only times I really talked to my husband about it was when he was upset with me for my behavior the night before. And I just didn't want to have those discussions with him anymore. It was just enough. It was enough. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just amazing how in life, you know, just becoming aware of such an you know, issue that I had, like becoming aware of really what alcohol was doing in my life and how it was affecting me in so many ways, you know, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, every way that, you know, I decided to make a change. And what I didn't say, I know it's really important to think about what your whys are when you're going through this process. And I went through that process and I knew, I knew that time when I woke up the morning after, both mornings after I woke up those two years of after Labor Day, my two whys were, First of all, I said to myself, I'm doing this because I want to take care of myself. I want to take care of my health. I'm tired of worrying. I was literally worrying all the time that I would develop breast cancer from the immense alcohol intake. I was what I was doing to myself. And it's crazy to me also, I'm learning over the past few years that not a lot of women know that. Not a a lot of women know there's a connection between alcohol and cancer. But I was so afraid And I was so surprised that I didn't have breast cancer. I mean, that's sad that I was thinking that way. I was, I was literally feeling like alcohol was slowly killing me. I really, really felt that and believed that. So I decided number one, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for me because I want to start to respect myself and I want to give myself the gift of health and the gift of healing and just to really take care of myself. And number two, my second driver of my why was my sons, because I want, wanted to live a life to model for them a healthy life. I didn't want to be a mother as I was, just making it seem like it was so normal and acceptable, the way that society just makes it, normalizes alcohol, because it's really not when you stop and think about it. Why are they normalizing this toxic poison for people to drink. I mean, you know, like, I I think I've heard you say before, it's, you know, why do you think you get sick when you drink it? Because it's your body telling it, get, get the heck out of here because it's not, it doesn't belong in there. So I I want my boys to grow up knowing that it's not normal and, and this is a healthy lifestyle and yes, you know, things can change in their lives, but I want them to have some, some tools to be more prepared for it. 
And it was really cool because I'll never forget last year, I was driving in the car with one of my sons, one of my older sons, who's 15 now. And he said to me, mom, you know, I, when I grow up, I'm not going to drink alcohol. And I said, you're not. And he said, no, I decided I'm not going to, you know, if I go to a bar with friends or something, I'll just order a soda. <laughs> and I, and I remember driving in my car and I, the tears welled up in my eyes because I don't preach to my boys at all. I don't say, don't do this. Don't do that. I, I, I just feel like I'm living my life as being an example to them. And I'm doing the best that I can showing them how to live a healthy life. You know, and I also do it not only with my not drinking alcohol, but with my eating, with my exercise, with, you know, handling stress and, and all of those different areas. And so they're a really huge driving force for me just to be an even better role model for them. It's so important to me. I love that so much. That's so cool. I know my kids say stuff like that and I'm like, well, we'll see, you know, like <laughs> how it goes. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So Allison, how has it been for you sort of socially? How has that looked? Um, socially, I, I still have my friends that I was hanging out with before when I was drinking, but things are different now. You know, we do different activities together. Um, we actually just had our family friends over this past weekend who I used to drink with all the time, but it was great. You know, we watched football. We made my, the husband's made pasta and we just hung out and nobody drank. We just, you know, we just shared and were present with each other. Um, I do non-alcohol activities with them. I have other friends. Have the friendships changed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I used to be that girl who I love to go to a ladies night out at the bar and hang out and just drink until one in the morning. That was what I did. That was like back then, it's sad to say, but that was my hobby. That's what I enjoyed doing. And um, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't get out, out as much as I used to, but at the same time, I'm actually good with it. I'm actually happy because I realized after all these many years of drinking and all these many years of thinking, oh no, you're, you're an extrovert. You like to hang out. You like to do things. I realized, no, you know what? I am actually an introvert and I am fine with that. And I am fine, happy sitting on my couch on a Friday night with a good book and just doing my own thing and going to bed at night and getting up in the morning, feeling grateful of energy, with no hangover. I'm very thankful and, and for that. And I wouldn't trade that in for anything. Yeah, that's so true. I, I love how we can find out sort of who we really are and what we really want when we stop sort of living up to everybody else's expectation of what's right for us, or even, even if they're not overtly saying what their expectation is, just society in general. And that was really freeing for me too, of like, oh, I don't actually really like some of this stuff that I was mm -hmm. doing when I was honest with myself. And so I always thought it was going to be you know, so much misery or deprivation to not be able to do those things. But then when it really, the rubber hit the road, it was like, wait, I can, but do I want to? And, and that felt really different. So right, right. that's really cool. Um, so what has, you know, your day-to-day -day kind of looked like in terms of what uh, we talk a lot about, especially in the coaching, a lot about this idea of building a life you don't want to escape from, you know, and having to do the work in order to really create like peace inside of yourself. So you aren't trying to always numb out the voice in your head. How has, how has that work gone for you? What does that look like? Well, I mean, I very, I'm very routined in my day. So I do a lot of, a lot of self-care and I'm very, 
it's very important to me because you know, a lot of the reason why I was drinking was because I was feeling that overwhelm of being a mother and that stress and anxiety and, you know, turning at the end of the day, oh, there's my reward. Like, give me that glass of wine. Just let me relax. But now I have other, other tools into play that I use every day that are part of me. And I do, I exercise every day. I mean, I do um, a workout every morning, whether it's running or spinning or yoga um, I do some, I do some weight. So every morning I do some sort of a, a workout routine and then I, um, oh, I have two dogs. So I take them for walks, multiple walks during the day, just to take a break and get some fresh air. And I also meditate. I try to do a daily meditation every afternoon. I feel like that's a good time for me because it really, the, the middle of the day is great. It really, um, it sets me up, especially I do it right before my boys get home from school. <laughs> so I'm ready to have them come in. And I just, I, I just take care of myself now. I eat well before when I was drinking, I didn't really care. So I wasn't really focusing on any of these areas and I wasn't putting the time or effort into them. So I just feel like all of those different um, activities really just keep me, keep my anxiety at bay if I do have any. So it's just, it's been working out for me really well. And it's become such a, it's like ingrained in my brain. It's crazy how, how, routine I am with all of it. It's so interesting because I used to see those sort of routines with so much resistance. You know, I was, I was very resistant to this idea that I was going to have to do stuff every single day to like be okay, you know, and, and maintain a, you know, sort of even keel, peaceful, non-anxious state of mind that, and, but there is so much freedom in those routines because I think about it sometimes where like for me, the link between anxiety and if I'm not exercising on a regular basis and, and like getting my heart rate really pretty high, or if I'm not, you know, regularly journaling or meditating or doing something introspective, mm -hmm. the whole 24 hours, I mean, okay, fine. I'm sleeping some of that, but most of my waking hours, are anxious. Like I don't feel good and I don't experience life in the same way. But if I put in those 20 minutes in the morning to meditation or, you know, the 45 minutes or half an hour into exercise, then all the rest of my waking hours, I experience life differently. Like mm -hmm. I experience life as if it's, you know, and then when you don't do it, you miss it so much. Like you do build up, I think some deposits to where if you miss a day or two here and there, it's not that right. big deal. But if you miss a few weeks or if you're, you, yeah. you know, you're thrown off for some other reason, um, it is very cool how it changes from being something I felt like, oh, geez, I just have yeah. to do all these things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like get to, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Even you're talking about your example. I take my dogs for a walk after dinner every night. And it's cool because at least one of my three boys, sometimes two come. And if I'm really lucky, three will come with me. And we go for a walk every night after dinner. And I am so routined into doing that because I just like to get the fresh air. I like to, you know, get my digestion moving and just get the dogs out for one last walk. Well, now it's, um, you know, coming into winter here and it's dark at five o'clock and it's cold. And there'll be some nights where, oh, 
I don't really feel like I want to go out there. <laughs> I don't want to bundle up and go for a walk. But then I feel like my brain is like resisting that. It's, it's, it's almost like my brain saying, no, Allison, go for the walk. You know, you're used to going for the walk. And on the couple, to, you know, couple nights, if I don't go, I'm, I do exactly what you're saying is I, it feels weird. It feels weird not to go for this walk, even though the weather isn't favorable. I, I just feel like, oh, I don't feel right if I don't go for this walk. So um, it's just, yeah, and I always feel better after taking the walk because I did get that fresh air and I did get that movement in. Definitely yeah. notice a difference. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. And I just always have to like, especially because I think with kids, it's so easy to think, okay, well, they just need me right now. I'll be fine. I'll put myself last. But the reality is that we all sort of suffer if I'm not in my best state of mind. Right. Yes, for sure. So interesting. So cool. So, um, Allison, if, if people were, you know, wanting to connect with you for coaching, where can they find you and what are your sort of specialties that you work on with people? Well, I have a program that I work with moms and we focus on seven different areas. So we focus on nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, resilience, mindset, self-care and purpose beyond parenting. Mm. So, you know, and that all goes along with, you know, if moms come in and they want to change their relationship with alcohol, we obviously focus on that, but we can also pull in some of the areas because all, all of those areas all go into your overall health and they're all going to help you be a much more balanced mother where it'll be much easier to say no to the alcohol. It'll be much easier for you to not want to have it or not to ha not have those cravings. So a mother comes in and wants coaching, we start where she wants to start. And if it's with the drinking, we'll start there. And if it's with, you know what, I'm not quite ready for that yet, then we'll start with maybe the exercise or wherever she wants to start. You know, we could always start in the pause where, you know, just, you know, quit trying to quit and let's just become aware of that and become aware of your behaviors around your drinking. And then we'll start can simultaneously start working on, you know, their thoughts and beliefs around their drinking. So it's a program that I've developed um, for moms who are looking to change their relationship, not only with alcohol, but with their health, just mm -hmm. so they could be, you know, an even better version of themselves. So they could live a happier and healthier life and be an even better role model for their kids. And I would say, you know, all the clients that I've worked with up to this point, that seems to be one of their main driving factors is their kids that they know they're, they're realizing, you know, over time. Cause like for me, when my kids were little, I had that attitude, ah, they're so young. They have no clue. They don't know what I'm doing. They don't know this is yeah. lying. They don't know what it's doing to me. So I'm good. Right. And then, like I told you earlier, when they turned, when my twins got to be around 10 years old, I, I started thinking, oh my gosh, they're going to figure it out. They might already know they're going to, you know, this is not good. I don't want them to see me like this. So, um, you know, that's kind of like this, the time when moms start to realize it. So I work with them in all of those areas to help them become a more balanced and more um, just overall feeling well in their health. And they can find me, they can book a free, a free breakthrough session on my website, which is thehealthymomcoach.com. So they could reach out to me there. That's awesome. I love that. I love that it's, you know, so tangible and so specific. And I think that when we really hone in on that, it can be so powerful. So I love that healthymomcoach.com. We'll put that in the show notes too. 
So Allison, let me ask you the question that I kind of always finish these up with, which is if you were going to go back to the Allison who was, you know, sort of in and out of AA and not really finding her way and, you know, feeling like she's going to cause herself breast cancer, which by the way, I really relate to that. I felt like I thought that so much once I realized that there was a connection there is of course, cancer is one of the things that we're all just terrified of. And once I realized that there was something that I was intentionally doing that I knew could create it. It was just mm -hmm. created a lot of internal noise for me and a lot of cognitive dissonance. So I really relate, but if you were going to go back in time and sort of tell her about what life is like for you now, what would you say? Oh, wow. I would tell her there's hope. Mm. I mean, back then it was, you know, I felt like there was no chance. I mean, it was so, it was such a, a distant thought to me. It was, it was one of those kind of things where in the back of my mind, I always knew it was really a problem and that it wasn't normal or healthy what I was doing, but it was seemed so far from me. So I would tell her, I would say, I would say there's, there's hope and just don't give up. Just, just learn, educate yourself and be open to trying new things. I love that. I love, I mean, hope is such a, mm -hmm. it's such a powerful thing because, you know, um, hope creates more hope. Right. Some of these, these things that we talk about, what we don't realize, you know, with hope or with gratitude or with momentum um, and positive change, like they create more of themselves, you know, energy creates more energy. Like we think that Oh, how do you be really energetic? Well, you got to sleep and you got to eat. Well, no, actually like working out gives you energy. Mm -hmm. so yeah, right, right. Spending energy gives you more energy. You know, giving yourself to something you're passionate about gives you more passion. And so I, I really like that. And I, I think that, you know, giving away love creates more love and mm -hmm. those sorts of, they feel like infinitely renewable sources of energy and motivation. And when we can tap into that, and that's just, that's just great. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much, Allison. Thank you for coming on. It's just been such a fun conversation. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing everything about what you do. Thank you so much, Annie. I appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Hi, it's Annie Grace. I wanted to interrupt this podcast, I guess the end of this podcast, to say that if you're totally serious about actually and truly and forevermore transforming a relationship with alcohol, really leaving it behind in the rear view mirror for once and forever and changing your psychology about it, we have a program called The Path that I've created specifically for you. Now, it's not for you if you're still dabbling or trying to figure out where you want to be or maybe even if you still want to moderate. All those things are fine. That's great. But if you're beyond that and you're like, no, I just want to be done with this. I'm ready to invest some time. And I'm ready to just make this happen. I want the answer. I want the easy way out. Then I want you to check out NakedMindPath.com and join us in the path where you receive coach-guided and community support so that you can truly make this lasting change that you want in your life. And as always, Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.